0: Alright, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Katherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't. But I'm handling it, and one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others on how they're handling their own lives. Now, this week marks the final week of our series, The Women of Film and Television, where I conversed with women working in various roles in the film and television industry. Our fourth and final guest of the series is freelance producer Lane Cheek. Most notably known for her work in the art department on shows like the CW's The Vampire Diaries and ABC's The Bachelor franchise, Lane's had the opportunity to work behind the camera on a number of shows and films. Now she's transitioning into writing and producing, which we're going to talk about that shift and how she got into the film and television industry in general. Growing up on the East Coast and moving to the West Coast for college and then getting a head start in the industry at such a young age, Lane's story, I think, is going to be one that many of you will hopefully be able to relate to, and for any of you who are looking at colleges or interested in studying in film and television, I hope you're able to gain something from Lane's journey. So with that said, I'm really excited for you to hear it, so turn up the volume, and I hope you enjoy. All right, today we're joined by Lane Cheek. Lane, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Of course. Thank you so much for having me.
0: (laughs) Of course. So for those who don't know, you're a freelance producer. And in addition to that, you've had quite the resume. You've worked on shows like ABC's The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise and the CW's The Vampire Diaries and The Originals. And you've also worked on several films and shorts as well. So I'm super curious, when did your passion and interest in film and TV begin?
1: I think uh, as a kid, I always loved the movies and just escaping and daydreaming. And um, I grew up in Maryland from a dad that was like in the military and a mom who cuts hair. So um, they, no one was in the industry or anywhere near it. um, But just a love of the escape and the joy that watching a new film or even re-watching films because I'm I love to re-watch favorites um, and just that that joy and escape that you can get and that entertainment and you can learn so much also I think from film and tv
0: right for sure that's so funny because and I've talked about this on the podcast before but I my father was also in the military and my mom was a pharmacist so very uh, I guess similar upbringing in that sense where no one in my family worked in the entertainment industry and I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I majored in journalism and minored in film in college it was just this very (laughs) unique thing and I was just you know the only one really doing it
1: I know and then people think you're crazy or they don't they they don't quite understand but they're very supportive at least my family I really appreciate was very supportive. Even though they had no idea and then they dropped their like 17, 18 year old daughter in the middle of Hollywood. God bless them. Um, But yeah, it's funny. I think how just you can have a passion and then figuring out like, Oh, that is an actual career possibility. And then taking the risk to make steps to explore that.
0: Right. And that's an interesting point you brought up. So you did go to the Los Angeles film school in L.A., in California. Now, I mean, what was that like?
1: It was interesting. I had I had explored and, um, you know, visited a couple four-year schools that most of those you couldn't even apply for their film program until your junior year of college, and I just kind of wanted to jump right into it. And um, when I came across the Los Angeles Film School and went out to visit, it's very, it's a two-year degree um, in that you get in 13 months, it was like an intensive, you know, your summer break was only two weeks and Christmas was short, Mm -hmm. uh, long hours, but it was the most on set feel that of any school that I had visited. And most of our professors were people that were young and working, still working in the industry and still work to it to this day. They just also were teaching here. Mm -hmm. Um, and just being, in the middle of Hollywood, it felt right
0: for me. I mean, you're definitely getting a, a ton of information and really firsthand experience into that world. Plus, like you said, you're in Hollywood.
1: Yes, and our professors were all, you know, some were young, some were older. They were somewhere close to my age, which is crazy, but they'd all were had worked in the industry and were still working And so then you're also just networking right off the bat on, you know, potentially you could get employed by one of your professors Mm -hmm. and we would rent and go and visit, you know, universal and learn all of those places and go to them. Um, and it was just very, very hands-on and even our gen ed classes, you know, you had to pass math and psychology as well, but they were all always geared towards film in Mm -hmm. some way. Um, and so for me, it just felt like the right fit and the best way to just dive right into the industry. As you know, you know, not having much of a history or family that had been in it, this just felt like the best way for me to immerse myself.
0: Right. I know I said I, <laughs> the entertainment industry in general, it's really hard to figure out what to do if you don't have those connections or if you don't have that knowledge you know, from people who work in the industry, it's, you feel like sort of every door is closed in front of you and it's really hard to open.
1: You're right. It's, this is a very difficult industry. It can be very lonely. It can be very taxing because on both sides of the camera, you, you're going to hear no a hundred times more than you're, going to hear yes but also it only takes one yes to really kind of change things or one opportunity or one person to take a chance on you mm-hmm. and so persistence I think is a huge thing and especially when you don't come from having a family or a connection into the industry it it can feel very daunting though like there's no one path and what, right. what, what's gonna my path going to look like or what's my opportunity and and who's my connection and my foot in the door And so I just think the more risks you take in that way, the more open you are, um, the more chance you have of breaking in.
0: So with that then, and again, with this sort of East versus West Coast difference. So I know for me, when I graduated college, I really wanted to get involved in film and television and journalism, you know, having a journalism major and then a minor in film. Mm -hmm. I guess I sort of had a couple different options. And when I graduated, I was applying for a lot of jobs in New York, but in New York, for those um, who don't know, it's primarily a lot of your, your news hubs and then your live television shows. I mean, you have The Tonight Show, you have Stephen Colbert. There's a lot of different options with that. And then I feel like, you know, big theatrical productions and you do have, you know, tons of different projects that are filmed in New York but with the studios out in California, I'm interested to see uh, the difference there. So when you finished school, um, were there specific types of film that you wanted to dive right into in terms of your career?
1: I think um, also I'm such a sunshine beach girl. So that was (laughs) another draw for California over New York for me. But I do think that honestly, right after film school, you're just kind of in the thing of like, what what am I, how am I going to make a living? Um, yes. <laughs> and I I did love the production side and produce and that development side all through film school. But I've also, I grew up very, you know, doing a lot of crafts and projects and arts kind of things. And so art department was something that um, I had kind of focused on also in film school and actually got through some of my professors, paying gigs on some things with them. And pretty soon, right after graduation, I got hired onto Lake Bell's uh, first film that she wrote and directed called In a World. Mm -hmm. And was able to get hired on and then the uni- the movie flipped Union. And so I got all my days and was able to join the union at about 19, which is kind of unheard wow, of. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I- a huge blessing with that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so from that kind of then joining the union for art department, that's kind of where I focused on and got gigs and really think that it was a big part of learning on set and I enjoyed it.
0: Definitely. And You know, for those who don't know, um, if you want to explain how the union lifestyle works and how that works in terms of your career.
1: Yes, of course. Um, It's kind of a catch-22 to join the union, as most things are in life, (laughs) aren't they? Um, But you need 30 days of working on a union show in television or film in order to then apply and join the union. Um, and there's different unions for every single department. Um, craft service has one. Hair department has it. GRIP has one. Um, and then on the other side of things, there's, for, like, directors and producers, there's guilds. And for actors, there's SAG. But all of these all of these things, what they do as other unions also do, but they kind of have your back in, like, making sure you have proper wages and mm-hmm. the hours that you're working aren't too crazy and um, providing health insurance if you work enough. And so you're you're paying them to kind of like look after and, and have your contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, and most shows that are bigger productions, they have to be union. So in order to make a, a decent living, you want to aim to try and be able to join one.
0: Sure. And that's great that you were able to really dive right into that so young. Because I feel like it definitely gives you that opportunity to you know, dip your toes into different projects.
1: It really did. And um, from from that, I got hired pretty quickly after working on that film and worked on The Bachelor for um, a little bit as an art coordinator. And so in my early 20s, I'm getting paid to travel the world, which was incredible for me. And um, just the experiences in different cities in different countries and with that show of course you know there it's a romantic show so you're getting to see the best of the best of tourism in each country um, all while getting paid to do it uh, mm. I felt like I hit the lottery.
0: Almost oh, definitely and and then after The Bachelor you also worked on some shows for the CW Network the Originals and the Vampire Diaries. I
1: did I um, I'd been living in LA at that point, probably like four or five years and working on The Bachelor, you're hardly home.
0: <laughs> right. Um,
1: and I just, at that point, Atlanta kind of just seemed to be taking off in, um, the film industry. And I was just in a point in my life where I kind of thought that I was ready for a change. And, um, I decided on a whim to move to Atlanta and pretty soon after I moved there, I got, um, interviewed and got hired on and worked for two years. So two seasons of the Vampire Diaries as an assistant prop master. And it's kind of, it's funny how working on that show shifted my change into now writing and producing and relationships that I made there altered kind of my entire personal and work life.
0: Right. And I feel like, you know, being so young and, you know, moving from sort of state to state and partaking in so many different roles on, you know, a variety of different shows and, and projects. I mean, what sort of learning lessons and experiences did you go through that sort of shaped you and your goals moving forward?
1: So many. So, <laughs> so, so many. I think um, I also not anymore, but I used to be like normally one of the younger people on set. And so you're working with people that are veterans in, in not only just life wisdom, but also this industry. And you're seeing how every department works together and then doing reality versus scripted. That's a whole nother ball game on, on its own. And so every project that I've worked on, I feel like it's it's taught me more about what do I love about life, but also what do I enjoy and love about the industry? And like what I, I know now I prefer to work on scripted and Mm -hmm. I, do you like comedy more than horror, especially when you're then creating and writing and developing, you you have to have a passion about your subject. Otherwise it it honestly, for me at least I don't think it resonates and comes across as, as well. Mm -hmm. And especially traveling to so many places, um, just gaining culture and experiences. And I think that only helps to tell more interesting stories, the more that we can develop and share those experiences and and they shape and become part of our stories that we share.
0: Almost definitely. And that's really funny that you bring that up because, You know, I I remember when I was younger and I was sort of picking my major and trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do in life. And when I said I wanted to go into media and entertainment, I I forget who it was. (laughs) I probably shouldn't say the name anyways, but, (laughs) you know, somebody told me that's not really a practical career. Like you're not going to be making a lot of money and you're going to have really inconsistent hours. And I said, but. But honestly, first of all, like in a lot of positions, like you had just mentioned, you get to travel, you get to meet all sorts of people, every different project you work on. It's like a whole new like networking opportunity and you can make friends and just really build relationships with colleagues. And I said... um, you know, I've always been the type of person that I always knew I wasn't going to do one thing for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I think I, like my I mom can relate to that completely. Yes. And my mom being a pharmacist, you know, she would always tell me, she's like, pick, like pick something exciting. Like you don't want to just do, she told me like to never go into the medical, <laughs> the medical field. She was <laughs> like, you need to pick something exciting. And yeah, I, I loved all those aspects that entertainment had to offer. So I'm glad it's, you sort of had that same relationship.
1: It's completely you're true and you're right. It's um, it's never the same. No day is ever the same. Mm-hmm. And working on set, I call it summer camp because you spend so many hours together that there's bonds that form. And whether those are just personal friendships or relationships or if they can also be future professional ones, um, I think kind of once I started to get into the industry with both both sides, Most jobs I've gotten, it's been like a text referral from someone, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, Hey, so-and-so said that you were great and like loved working with you and they gave me your number. I have a project. Are you available? Um, And I think that's the fun thing about this industry is it, it has such a personable thing where I've always said it's how personable you are, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: who, you know, and then it's how good you are at your job. Right. And it's just because you work so many hours with people that to not enjoy who you're working with, it's not worth it. And then that, that's also made me like, I just want to be able to hire all of my friends and mm-hmm. who are talented also, but then just create this fun little summer camp together.
0: Right. And that's so true. I think a lot of people, you know, you hear a lot, like you have to, in order to get that job, you you have to know somebody or I think that expression too can be seen in a really positive way in the sense that make like make connections with people like have that be some sort of motivation like whatever whatever internship or whatever job you have I mean just be as great and as (laughs) chipper and charming as you can and and make connections with people because yeah like that probably will be how you get that next job
1: I think you're completely right on that and I also you know on top of that it's working on shows those people become kind of like your family and as opposed to a lot of other industries i think we're fortunate on that what your mom also kind of was saying too of look we we do work very long hours sometimes mm-hmm. we work a lot for free before a project pays off financially but the joy that you're getting in the process of being able to create and be with others and those connections, that's why it's worth it because you have a passion about it.
0: Oh, totally. Totally. And I I felt that same way. um, And I think I had mentioned this to you before, but I worked in news. I worked at CBS this morning and I was an overnight, pretty much a production assistant. And so working throughout the night, yeah, it's really, really tough. And I like never slept. But you made so many, I made so many connections and so many friends there, like, working throughout the night, because it's just the craziest experience. But we're all there with, like, that same goal to get good stories on TV the next morning.
1: (laughs) And it's fun to have so many people be working towards one thing. Like, the Mm -hmm. amount of people that it takes to make a TV show or um, a movie, I don't think a lot of people that aren't in the industry realize the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people it takes for just one project Mm -hmm. Um, and I always kind of think that it's every project is kind of a miracle that it even got done
0: right and well you know that's why I started this series highlighting women in the film and television industry because I said especially with everybody at home right now and you think when you like binge a show when somebody says the term like binge watching and you can finish a whole, I do it too. And you can finish a whole season in like one, two, three days. You're not thinking at all about the people who put their hard work behind that. And a lot of people don't realize, I guess what it is. A lot of people don't realize, like you said, that so many people are working behind the scenes on these projects. You know, it's not just the actors and it's not even just the directors or producers. Like there's so many little components to make that big picture happen
1: yeah it's the sound guy it's the editor it's the guy cutting the trailer it's the guy making sure everyone doesn't get hangry for the long hours putting out craft service
0: <laughs> right right or
1: woman guy
0: yes also. yes <laughs> Well awesome. So, and we had mentioned this earlier, you're a freelance producer. So, that shift from working on all these shows, you said it taught you a lot about what you wanted to do in terms of your career. So, now you're working as a freelance producer and you said you're also getting into writing as well.
1: Yes, during my time on Vampire Diaries, the second season it kind of it's when I started to just get this interest about exploring more the producing side of the industry and relationships that i made um with cast and crew on that show when we came back to LA they really kind of shaped my life and career and i've now worked as a writer and producer with a few of the people that i've met from that show or also just humans that i've connected through those people back in the industry because it's all just ripple effect out of who you know and who you meet and who you connect with. And, um, it's, it's been a really fun shift mm-hmm. that I've, it's just pushed me in a whole different way. And I like having more of a control and having a part in the development side and having start to finish being a part of the creative.
0: Right. And yeah, I'd mad, I'd imagine that, you know, shifting from production to writing. I mean, that's got to be a whole different world in a sense.
1: It's been a very different world. And I do think, though, story is story. So that's like, mm-hmm. but breaking it down and reading so many scripts over the years, you it helps you develop your creative taste. Um, I think, honestly, reading scripts for those people that want to be writers, the more scripts that you can read and develop and see what you like about a writer or not like, and then you can kind of shape and mold yourself. I think that also works with most things in life of um, figuring out what you do like or don't like about something and then taking what you've learned and hopefully perfecting it moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so I think all that time working on set behind the scenes as a producer that just helps you understand how different departments work together, why they're doing this. Or also, honestly, I think I've learned the most on sets that I was like, I don't like how this was handled or like the, you know, a lack of communication or this, you're Mm -hmm. just very aware of how you would do it or what would have made it run smoother. And so I've tried to move forward with those things in mind.
0: Right. It really is all a learning process and, and finding things that you're interested in. And like you said, things you're not or things that you would do better on a project or like to change. And there's
1: always going to be speed bumps that come up. So the more you can limit your, you know, in pre-production and plan, um, hopefully then you can handle with your team whatever comes your way. Because there's always going to be something that comes.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> always. But I saw that you were also a judge at the Mammoth Film Festival this year in Mammoth, California.
1: I was indeed. I am friends and know uh, the Tanner Beard and Tomic who created the festival and I've gone the last uh, two years. And then this year they asked if I would be a judge for the short panel. And mm-hmm. I felt very honored to be included. And um, it was really incredible being on that panel in a process and watching all of these films and just seeing how other people's creative works. And then, you know, also finding new writers and new actors and new directors, um, a lot of which were female directors that were very talented. Um, You're just able to then like, Hey, maybe I'll work with this person in the future
0: Mm -hmm. I can only imagine, I mean, what the experience must be like just having a ton of films and a ton of different selections put in front of you and just getting to getting to watch it all. It must be incredible.
1: It was. And it was, uh, I think it was like 15 hours of, of shorts. It was, it was, a wow. lot of, it was like a hundred and something.
0: <laughs> well, and it wasn't that long ago, correct? It was like back in uh, February, no, March, it was
1: back in February, kind of right before all of this craziness hit us in the world.
0: Right. Luckily I know. And that's the other thing, you know, how this is really going to shape the industry moving forward. Um, it, it really is crazy.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, the whole world, yeah, it's a little bit surreal that we're going through this, but yeah. from what I'm hearing and talking to people and friends in different different places in this industry, everyone is very much... One, it's been a great time for development. Mm-hmm. Um, so having some projects that are in different stages of development, it's actually been really nice because talent financiers and other you know directors or producers they who don't normally have the time so much are now kind of finding like, Hey, I can actually read this script or, Hey, I can respond to this email and we can set up a meeting via zoom and thank goodness for technology to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's helping kind of have the actual time that is sometimes rushed during development. Mm -hmm. Um, on then on the production side, well, I hope that we're going to be all able to film soon. Um, I'm hearing September for LA mm-hmm. knock on wood yeah. who knows with a couple other places, but some other countries have already started or are moving back. And then um, London and France or London and Canada, I was just reading up their guidelines for when they are able to go back into production. And it's kind of, you know, departments have to stay separated and limiting people mm-hmm. on set. So it's definitely going to be a strange feeling Uh, Because I think a big part about being on set is the family summer camp vibe. So to have kind of that cut off is going to be interesting.
0: It sure will. And, you know, like you said, I think it's going to be crazy times ahead. But the really important thing is now, and I've mentioned this to our listeners in episodes past since the whole COVID-19 epidemic started. um, It's really important to, like you said, find time for you know, projects, and this doesn't have to be for those in the film and television industry, but just find time for projects that, you know, you might be, enjoy or had an interest in and in passions you've been wanting to pursue and haven't and <laughs> now you have the time to. I know for me I've been reading so much more. I even started writing. Um you know, I feel like during during the week everybody's always so busy and now that we have so much extra time on our hands, I've been really partaking in projects that I've put off for so long.
1: I agree. I've definitely uh definitely ticked a lot of things off of my to-do list that had been sitting there for a long time and gotten
0: back into cooking I'm you know not master
1: (laughs) chef but working
0: on it right (laughs) I know I'm actually really excited I just bought myself a ukulele I have no musical bone in my body like I just do not that I lack (laughs) but I figured you know what you can buy a really cheap ukulele on Amazon or you know tons of other sites you can get them really cheap I might as well like try it out and see, you know, if I could learn on my own. And that's, that's my project. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my project for the next, how many weeks I'm going to be practicing ukulele and we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Well, Lane, this has been really great. And before you go, um, you know, at the end of each episode, and since this is handling it, I like to ask our guests ways in which they've learned to handle their ups and downs in life. And we've discussed, you've had such a crazy time in the film and television industry. You've worked on so many different projects, and it, it really is incredible. What advice has helped you the most through that journey?
1: Oh, I have a few, I feel like. Um, Share. <laughs> so many. And, and sometimes I think you have to revisit ones <laughs> to, during, depending on what you're going through. But, uh, I had a friend one time who said, who called it, um, kind of when we're going through those maybe valleys in life, mm-hmm. like, Oh, that's just like the squishy part, you know, and we're kind of, we're not sure. And the future is un- uncertain and, but it's those squishy parts that really kind of show us who we are. Mm-hmm. And if we can weather those, like you're, there's always another side of that and just making it out of that squishy part. Um, And you end up kind of being stronger for it.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely.
1: I also think um, a big one that I've had to take, at least for the industry, is remembering to celebrate the process and the little wins. Because this industry, life in general, but also the film industry, it can take a long time for a project to get off the ground. Mm -hmm. And which means that we're living most of our lives in that process and journey. And if you're not taking time to appreciate and look around and celebrate, um, you're not going to be able to enjoy the majority of your life Mm -hmm. because we always end up setting these goals for ourselves. But the moment that we reach those goals, that moment is so fleeting and we're already looking on to the next goal that we've achieved. So remember, just celebrate the process and the journey.
0: That's so true because I was talking to uh, someone who's graduating college this year. And I said, I can't even imagine what it must be like graduating during all of this and worrying about a job. But I said, just in general, you know, you face a ton of rejection Mm
1: -hmm.
0: in whatever industry you're in. You really face a lot of rejection in the film and television industry Yes, (laughs) a lot, (laughs) but it's, it's like you said, celebrate those little victories that's what's most important. You know, find find joy in little projects you do and network with people and just really as corny as it sounds, keep the glass half full.
1: <laughs> look, I'm all about corny. I love it. <laughs> and remembering that like what is your version of success look like and why why do you want to do this? You know, cuz everyone's journey is different and if you are trying to measure yourself up to anyone else, you'll never be happy and just knowing like, hey, my, what is actually, what do I value in life? And when you're able to answer those questions, I think it allows you to be more passionate and purposeful about the subjects you choose. And when Mm -hmm. you have passion behind something, it, it attracts others to help you and want to help you create your dream and make it a reality.
0: Yeah. And wow, bringing another lesson from my parents, (laughs) but they would always tell me growing up, you know, I got this grade on the test. Somebody else got this. And my mom would always say, I don't care what somebody else does. Like, you know, worry about what you're doing and make that the best you can be. Whether it be your job, whether it be like a hobby even, do the best you can at it and only worry about that. Like don't compare yourself constantly to other people because that's never really going to get you anywhere and it's not good for your mindset. So just solely focus on you. And being the best you and, you know, accomplishing all the things you want to do.
1: A thousand percent. You've got some smart parents there.
0: Yeah, I guess I do. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I do. Well, Lane, awesome. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank Um, you
1: so much for having me, Catherine. I really appreciate it. (laughs) I I had a blast.
0: All right. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing from Lane. She's had the opportunity to work on so many projects and really has made her mark in the industry. I certainly found her story inspiring, and I hope you did too. I think for anyone out there who has an interest in entertainment, facing this industry can feel really scary. But the great thing Lane's story teaches us is that you really can pave your own path and make your own mark in whatever industry or profession that may be. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening, and as always, let me know what you thought of the episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Podcast, and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then, keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.